episode, so let's just start. Okie dokie. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bliss Fully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in the world of fandom and nerd news. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelsey and Kendra. Hello. That's us, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys, today we are making history, big giant air quotes. No, we're going to talk about something that was important to a lot of people that I did not care for. So if you are listening and you are offended by the way I discuss this next topic, I am sorry. Uh, we are going to talk today about Unus Honus. Do you guys know what Unus Honus was? I learned literally on the last day of its existence. Yeah, I, I, I just thought everybody was trying to spell Uranus, so... <laughs> No. I didn't know. Yeah, like, I thought it was a joke on, like, a play on the community logo. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. The pluribus anus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Unus Anus was a YouTube channel, for anybody who isn't aware. It was a YouTube channel created by Markiplier, or Mark, and... Crank Gameplays, which is Ethan. They're both Let's Players on YouTube. They're both fairly popular. And they took on this idea for an ambitious project, creating a YouTube channel that uploaded content every day for 365 days. And then on the dot of the 365th day, they deleted the entire channel and all the content. And the channel had this overarching theme. It starts with an episode and then they talk about it kind of in vague ways throughout the series that essentially it's supposed to be this thought project of what you would do if you only had a year. If you knew you were only going to have 365 days left, what would you do with that time? Because if you want to break it down to, like, even just the name Unus Honus is Latin for one year. I, 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 in concept, that super sounded cool, and I definitely did watch for a little while. The issue is apparently what they would do with 365 days is just create normal-ass YouTube vlogs where they do <laughs> dumb shit for clicks. <laughs> Yeah, my understanding is that it was, like, a project for themselves to produce videos that didn't align with their brand, per se, of being Let's Players and gamers and stuff. So it was a chance to, like, stretch their creative endeavors in different directions. I didn't know that it had this weird ticking clock component, which seems very gimmicky and just a way to drive attention. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, if it was supposed to be like your last year on Earth type stuff, they just produced very basic run-of-the-mill YouTube in 2010 type content. Basically, and so uh, some of the vlogs, I picked out a couple random ones. You can still go on the uh, Unis Honest fan wiki and look at the whole list of all 365 episodes. 
like I said, very run-of-the-mill. Um, they're gonna do a grip strength challenge and the loser has to be the other person's butler for a day. Or they're summoning a ghost. Or they do an escape room. Or the presidential fitness test. Eating bugs. And then they had some, like, fun gimmicky ones like DIY unholy water. Like the 10-minute power hour. Yeah. Yeah! A lot like that. The episodes weren't typically longer than 15 minutes long. Um, It was just them doing shit. And it did have this ARG component to it. Mm. So, for anybody who doesn't know, an ARG is an alternate reality game. So, a lot of looking for clues in content and putting together themes and lore and it's supposed to end with, you know, a, a winning or some sort of satisfying secret discovery. So yeah, there were a lot of, like, hidden codes in videos and they would do these things where they would semi-break character a little bit and you would only be able to tell because the lighting would change and the quality of the video would be like a higher quality camera. The angles would be a different ratio and they'd say stuff like, oh, does any of this really matter? Going from, like, the really fun, goofy gimmick to immediately this weird, despondent, like, introspection of what what they're doing is stupid and they're acknowledging it. And they had a lot of, like, fake moments where they would, like, fake die and then come back to the next episode totally fine. Oh. Yeah, it, the thing is, I think I understand what they were going for. I don't think they hit that mark. But a lot of people liked it, and that's great. They had four and a half million subscribers, and uh, a million and a half people Mm. tuned in for the live stream deleting of the channel, which a lot of people didn't think they would. They totally did delete the channel and all the content. Mm. The live stream was apparently kind of weird, too. They bought this coffin and... Each of them laid in it, and they would, like, read a eulogy to them. Very much like a living wake type thing. Okay. Weird. Yeah, it was a a choice. I mean, it's it's an interesting choice. It's just a little weird, because coffins are really expensive. Yeah, but Markiplier is a very popular Let's Player. He's got some money. Yeah, I guess. And the... The poetic aspect, the weird metaphors and stuff like that is very on brand for Markiplier. He's done very um, ambitious projects with YouTube before. He literally used his first video on YouTube after they deleted the channel to essentially promote his upcoming projects. No. I don't know if you guys can tell. I don't super like Markiplier. I get that people do and I'm not shitting on that. I just, I don't like him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really see the appeal, personally. Yeah. It's fine. He's handsome, he has a deep voice, and people find him funny. I I don't, but that's okay. I don't know. I I also understand that COVID threw a huge wrench in their plans, because apparently they were going to involve a lot of other YouTubers as, like, guests. And as far as I know, the only guests, like... YouTube celebrity guests they brought on was uh, James Charles and Jacksepticeye. I don't know who James Charles is at all. James Charles is a beauty vlogger. 
Oh, that yeah. would explain why. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not your brand of content. No. So yeah, it ended, and apparently, it was a big deal, and it was three hundred sixty-five days of this content. That's ambitious, and a lot of people especially through COVID, were, you know, looking forward to watching these videos every day. So the fact that it was over, and it was actually over, and they actually deleted all the content, took the channel down, a lot of people didn't think they would, was very upsetting for a lot of people. So there is a lot of still to this day grieving, because at time of recording, it's the 16th of November, and the channel ended on the 14th of November. So it's only been two days. Mm. But yeah, I, I talked to a couple people I know who were into it, and they are sad because, you know, they feel like they don't know what they're going to do with that time. And I'm sure they'll get past it in a week. But it it certainly was a choice. And... I hope that they are happy with how it turned out. Uh, they have made, and again, this is going to really come off sounding like I'm shitting on them, and maybe I am a little bit, but they've made these grandiose statements about how no one will ever be able to reproduce what they did, and I think that's just on its face completely wrong, because Game Grumps puts out videos every day and have for the past almost decade mm -hmm. <laughs> lots of vloggers put up videos every day yeah is that what they mean because like that's not or is it like the the temporality of their channel which is something concept artists have been doing since like the late 80s yeah see i don't know i watched both mark and ethan's post channel deleting vlogs where they were talking about their feelings and promoting their upcoming project when it comes to Mark and um, trying to like have some introspection on the whole thing and Ethan was very emotional this was a big deal for him he's uh, he's semi a baby youtuber I mean he's been around for several years but he is certainly not quite up on the echelon of say the PewDiePie or the Markiplier or the Game Grumps he definitely has obviously been boosted through all this, but he's not Jacksepticeye or anything. Who is Ethan? Uh, so you remember the 10 minute power hour of Game Grumps where they made slime? Ethan was the guy that was there with them making slime. Oh, okay. Yeah. All Let's Players essentially know each other. YouTube is such a tight-knit, incestuous community. They all have their fingers in each other's projects. That's how you stay relevant. Yeah. But yeah, Ethan was very emotional saying stuff like, no one will ever be able to recreate what we did. Whereas, yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure somebody else is gonna eventually say, hey, I'm gonna try that, create a channel just for a year, or just for, I don't know, six months or whatever. That's, that's something you can do, like Kendra said. That's been a concept in art for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Markiplier, essentially his videos are very self-congratulatory. Like, oh, we did it. People thought we couldn't, and we did. And, you know, I'm very satisfied with what we did, and I look forward to my upcoming projects. And I'm happy for him that he's satisfied. That's nice. Uh, and I'm happy for people who liked it. Again, I'm coming off 
kind of rude about it, and I'm sorry, y'all. I just, I feel like it was really blown out of proportion. It was fun, for sure, but I, I wouldn't say that it's any more impactful when it comes to YouTube content than a lot of your average vlogging channels. So, or even ARGs. Game Theory did an ARG uh, series, uh, I want to say a year or so ago. Maybe a little bit longer than that. I don't... Uh, I'm floundering with this one because it, it was a big idea, a big meaningful thing for a lot of people. And I just didn't get it. <laughs> and I love YouTube. I'm very in the whole YouTube fandom world. And it, again, it was fine. It just... I, I don't see what the huge big-ass deal was for everybody. I don't know if it was because Ethan and Mark are pretty. And I guess in the time of COVID, you want some sense of, like, stability, but I just didn't get it. I'm sorry, Unis Honest fans. Come explain to me why I'm wrong, because I just didn't get it. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand a lot of YouTube finality kind of uh, content. Like, I, I don't really care for most Let's Players, the only reason that I like the Game Grumps is because it's two guys just talking on a couch, and I think it's funny, and I think that their friendship is cute, and that's the thing, is a lot of Let's Players are, like, one person. I don't connect with that very well. Like, I connect when it's, like, like, the, there's one, there's another one that's two guys, uh, Gavin and, Gavin and Michael. Oh, yeah, the... Rooster teeth. And I liked them too, because they were funny, because, like, they were working off of each other. But, like, mm -hmm. generally speaking, I'm just. Uh, I don't really get a lot of Let's Play YouTubers, because they're just playing the game, and I'm not there, but they're talking to me like I am there, and I don't. It feels weird. Whereas, like, when it's two people playing a game, they can get sidetracked and talk about, like, stuff that happened to them that day. And it's kind of like I am there, like just sitting listening to these two nerds play a video game. And like, that's, that's fine. That's fun enough for me. But like, I don't know. A lot of YouTube personalities kind of come off as fake and flat to me. And like... Well, I find they're just all style with no substance. Like they put all of this time and effort into this super bubbly, funny persona and then have nothing to talk about mm -hmm. because their persona is their content. Yeah. And so they just kind of have this persona and then play a video game or talk about, you know, makeup or whatever shopping they're doing lately. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of actual content to go with their personal brand. Yeah. It's just personal brand stuff. Yeah. I'm wrong, apparently, because I thought that would never, you know carry a channel or get, you know, make someone enough ad revenue to live off of, but apparently I'm fucking wrong, so there you are. There's there's whole channels that are just literal cults of personality now. Yep. There are, and it, Let's Plays aren't exactly my bread and butter when it comes to YouTube fandom. I definitely, I watch... 90% of the Game Grumps episodes, I can get into some Oni plays or some Donkey, 
but yeah, if it, it's just one person talking at the camera to me, it gets a little... Well, because there has to be a, a bit somehow, like Dunky. Like, Dunky is actually just very funny. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. He's good at making jokes, which many, many, many Let's Players are not. They think just pointing out something in the game is the same as comedy, and it isn't. Yeah. So, like, I can, I can do that with anyone. I can, I can point out stuff, but that's not actually what commentary is. Yeah. Like, did any of these videos, was there, like, a connecting narrative, or did they have anything in common? Like, what what was the actual content of this channel? Because it seems more like its own myth is kind of the content and not any of these dumb videos. I think the ARG aspect, which, from what I understand, a lot of people did not follow, uh, was supposed to be the big connecting line in all of these videos and yeah that's fine i understand they both had their own personality uh mark was honest and ethan was unis and they wore the black and white suits and sometimes they do the show up in the background split screen type uh bit while they're you know churning butter and yeah trying to start a fire shaving their dog yeah it uh it's fine. It, it just felt like watching a vlogger. And I guess because I'm not a huge Markiplier fan, I didn't have that spark of interest because it was just the cult of personality aspect. And I'm not in that. I'm not in that cult. <laughs> I didn't drink that Kool-Aid. And I even talked to people about it. Um, I talked to... Some people on a couple discords that I'm in. I talked to some randos on Twitter trying to figure out what that draw was. And everyone was just like, oh, it was just funny. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I just don't like that kind of humor. I mean, yeah. Welcome to my life for like 80% of fandom now. Where I mean, people... like, to me, this whole concept just seems so very dated. This seems like something that would have been like peak 2011 YouTube, you know? Like, before YouTubing became a full-time mm. career model, mm-hmm. and it was just people, like, having funny channels and monetizing them, like, before it was, before there was a career path to follow in YouTubing and the algorithm got all fucked up the way it is. Like, but just the style of video and humor just seems so dated. Like, like I, I can't imagine that this is the new cutting-edge thing that is gonna is gonna revitalize interaction or engagement. That's the fucking buzzword they use. Engagement with the content. <laughs> yeah. Because corporatization of jargon just gets more and more vague every quarter. <laughs> no, I I can't see this being some new trend. Because like you said, it is it feels very dated. And it was fine. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't anything. <laughs> Yeah, it was people figuring out what YouTube was, really. Because, like, I know that kids like to think that YouTube has been around since the dinosaurs, but it hasn't. Yeah, like, old YouTube was really just people, like, it was people putting up their silly home videos and doing dumb sketch comedy with their friends. And, like, every once in a while you'd have a hit. Mm -hmm. And you would do funny things. It'd be like, you know, you're sitting around with your friends and you're stoned and you're playing video games one day and you're like, oh, what if we shaved the dog? And yeah. then 
instead of like that being where the joke ended, you would then actually shave the dog and filmed it and put it on the internet for for ad revenue, mm-hmm. which is like fine, but it's very yeah old. It's like the first wave of YouTube comedy. Yeah, it is, and I mean I've been watching YouTube. Since my senior year in high school, back in 2007. So, yeah, I, I've been around for a while. I, I guess I've just, maybe I'm, I'm so old that I feel like I've seen it all and nothing new happens under the sun. It's all, it's all just repetition with new faces. I mean, I remember when YouTube was used almost entirely just for 15 minute intervals of anime, so. Oh god, yeah, like, <laughs> that was the way you watched pirated anime. Because videos couldn't be longer than 10 minutes, and so people who subtitled anime would upload them in 10-minute chunks, usually in three parts, because most episodes are a half hour. And then, like, sometimes, like, one or two of them would get taken down, so you had to skip the, like, middle 10 minutes and try and figure out what was happening. (laughs) And it was all at, like, you know, 480p, like, like, two (laughs) pixels fucking... (laughs) Yeah... And YouTube definitely has launched a lot of people's careers outside of YouTube. Uh, Doja Cat was a YouTuber. Dylan O'Brien did some YouTube before he got cast in Teen Wolf. Yeah, that's cute. I've seen his old stuff. <laughs> he was pretty cute. He was he was a baby. <laughs> Didn't he do like a lip sync to like Hit Me Baby One yeah. More Time or something and his, like had his well, dad walk that in? that was the OG YouTube bread and butter was a lot of these like teenage boys lip-syncing that's how smosh started out was uh ian and anthony lip-syncing crazy to the pokemon theme song and now smosh has been through the ringer but it's still it's still up there chugging and doing its thing and i still watch it (laughs) like and that's like for me professional youtubers now like it's as fake as watching a TV show, and more boring. Yeah. So I don't know why I would just watch a TV show at this point, because <laughs> I'm not getting in anything authentic, or raw, or real. It's as polished and manufactured as a fictional TV show, and boring. <laughs> so why wouldn't I just watch The Wire again? Ooh, yeah, let's <laughs> just watch The Wire again. Exactly. At least that has good writing. Aside from saying I don't feel like Unis Honest did anything especially new, and that I guess the reason people really liked it was that bittersweet ending. Uh, I don't know. It, it missed the mark for me. But like, but... Did, it, did it have a narrative, or was it like was it their personas acting, or was it really them just doing goofy videos, or was there like was there a degree well, so... of like fictional diegesis to it all? So it was the first episode, like the announcement episode, was their personas in these suits with the swirling black and white background. And they're talking very poetically about what would you do if you only had 365 days, uh, join us on this journey kind of thing. And then the first episode was them cooking with sex toys. And I was like, oh, that's what we're going to do. Okay. That's about par for the course. <laughs> I mean, if then, I had a year, I guess I would try cooking with sex toys. I guess. I mean, try anything. But 
as it went on, there were these moments where, like, starting fire, how to start a fire, but don't, was this episode where they were like, can we commit a sin great enough to start a fire with, like, the fire straight from hell? And so Mark pulls out this knife while Ethan's looking away, and the implication is he's going to murder Ethan. And then Ethan's alter ego is in the window. Uh, <laughs> his alter ego is in the window watching this in his black suit, and then he just kind of walks away. And then the camera cuts, and they're making s'mores over this fire, and Ethan is fine. And so the idea is like, oh, they just started a fire normally. But then Mark bites into a s'more and blood starts dripping down the side of his mouth. And there were random episodes that had sort of that, maybe it's something else, but not enough to draw it all together. This is very student film-esque. Yeah, that sounds wack, y'all. Like A little bit. And Mark, Mark does these big ambitious projects. He did this overarching storyline for his uh, alter ego, Darkiplier. And... That's also not something new. Uh, Crank Gameplays has one where it's uh, blank gameplays, and Jacksepticeye has one. I could not tell you off the top of my head what it's called. Uh, but they have these like dark version of themselves alter egos that will show up randomly. And Mark has done like an actual storyline to explain where Darkiplier came from. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't feel like the vision Mark might have had for this came together fully because it doesn't feel like it connected the moments of them eating bugs to the moments where they're suffocating in a tent <laughs> or or the pea sauna the freaking pea sauna i'm sorry the what now like a urine sauna or a sauna of spring peas no they bought this mobile like at home sauna like a steam sauna that you would sit in and then they peed and put the pee in the sauna and steamed themselves in pee for like 12 hours don't do that 12 hours for like a long ass time i can't promise you it was 12 hours you would run the risk of severe dehydration i believe that sounds like a bad call don't do that don't do that that's not something i would do if i only had a year to live that's just jackass again <laughs> Oh my god! It's just like, bro, I dare you! (laughs) Like, they go ahead and do it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's why. This is really old. This is not new or revelatory. This is from MTV back when MTV actually had music on it. So there you go. That's how old it is. And maybe that's why it's just not that interesting to me is because I've watched all the jackass and the... Uh, the extreme stunt and the Tosh.0 and all that crap. And so maybe that's why it is more appealing to younger fans because the Markiplier, the Crank Gameplays, they all have a younger demographic. And those people didn't grow up on the Jackass type content. So this is, this is their new Jackass. Mm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's but, fine. Yeah. I, young people like dumb shit. Like, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna act like I didn't like dumb shit. I watch Jackass every day, so. I don't know. I guess that's all I really had to say about Unis Honest was people liked it, <laughs> and it's over. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. If I, I don't have to get it. Like, that's kind of how I feel about most fandoms these days. Like, 
everyone's shitting themselves over Hannibal again, and I didn't get it the first time, and I don't get it now, and I'm, I'm just, I'm out of that loop. That's fine. I don't, I don't need to be in that loop. You guys have fun. I guess I don't need to be in the loop, but if you want to tell me that something is groundbreaking and revolutionary, then were people making that? You've got to be able to. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, okay, that's a little... A thing is not groundbreaking just because you've never encountered it before. Mm -mm. Again, historical context is everything, and history is fractal, and we kind of repeat the same patterns at every moment of history over again. So, like, I guarantee you there has been stunt spectacle. Like, this is just kind of like a circus over again. This is just Mm -hmm. a circus, except it's on the internet. Mm -hmm. And on video. Like, the technology is slightly better. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Memento Mori, everybody who was an Unisonis fan, F in the chat, or whatever the kids are saying Memento these days. Memento Like, like the last Oh, that's place? everybody was saying at the end of it, yeah. Okay. At least Jackass didn't have some kind of, like, up-its-own-ass, like, lore that it was trying to also impart <laughs> on the kids. It was just a bunch of drunken friends injuring each other. (laughs) (laughs) And just because I didn't like it doesn't mean other people aren't allowed to like it. I just, for the sake of this is my goddamn podcast, I didn't, I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. My saying I didn't like it doesn't mean it's not good. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever. It was probably really good at doing whatever. I am actually saying that about this Mm -hmm. just from what I've heard. (laughs) This also sounds like I don't like it, and it wasn't good, and it's in fact just a wholly derivative of everything we've discussed, like, you know, jackass and video art installation and stuff that is 30 years old at this point. So, yeah, oh I'm, I'm giving this one a big old Roman emperor thumbs down and feed him to the lions. <laughs> oh shit, jackass is like 30 years old. Mm. I'm so old. Uh, speaking of being old, let's, uh, products and services. (laughs) Only old people need those. (laughs) (laughs) And And we're back. Kendra, I understand there is some discourse afoot, and I I need it to survive. Okay, so I'm really- I'm really quite shocked that you guys don't know about this at all, because it, it has to do with some big old drama in last week. And I'm, I'm surprised neither of you have heard of Fan Nexus, which is hard to say because it wants to be two syllables, but it really has to be three in order for the portmanteau to make sense. Mm. I've heard of Fan Nexus, I just didn't really care to delve into that i like saw people talking about it and i was like that sure looks like a lot of bullshit that i don't really want to deal with i genuinely had not heard of it until you told me about it okay so i'm gonna start at the beginning which is a very good place to start no yeah you're like that yeah that I was did. just for you <laughs> okay so like then <laughs> nexus is aiming to be this new social media platform specifically for fandom and they are in the beta stage right now. And the idea is that basically they allow any content that is not illegal. So it's supposed to be a real, like, anti-anti-space, anti-bullying space, anti-ship discourse space, you know. 
if you want it and it's not illegal, you can have it on FedNexus and they have a lot of tags and a lot of like privacy measures and all of these things. From what I've seen, I don't have a beta account or anything. So everything I know about it is screen grabs and other people describing it. From what I've seen, it looks like they are wanting to amalgamate the best parts of LiveJournal and Tumblr and AO3 and like put that all in one fandom dedicated space. Like they want to have the communities aspect of LiveJournal where you can have communities devoted to certain subjects and they can be private and they can be restricted and blah blah blah. They want the like weird microblogging platform of Tumblr, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like I guess the easy content distribution of Tumblr and the like tagging and hosting systems of AO3. Basically they want it to be like AO3 with like a social media aspect, I guess. Uh. Like they're they're they have their hands in a lot of pots. They're trying to be all all things for all people. Yeah, so it's sort of like AO3, but a social media platform instead of just a content hosting site. So that's what that is. And yeah, their big hard sell is that they are like an anti-bullying space. I don't know why this isn't just Dream With again. Hmm. Yeah. Dream With is still chugging along, to my knowledge. Oh no. Uh, I, have I haven't no looked at the Dream With in a couple years. I should check out what they're doing. But so anyway. <laughs> okay. So, and then fast forward. They're they're happily humming along in beta. And then fast forward to uh, late last week. There is some drama in the furry fandom, as there often is. Uh, I'm not gonna name anyone's, like, online handles or anything, because... This is all incredibly easy to look up, and people who are dedicated, I guess, can go find it. But what happened? Uh, there was a furry artist from New Zealand who was commissioned to do some artwork of some furries in a bikini, and one of those bikinis that this the fake wolf tits were in, I guess, had the Confederate battle flag pattern on it. Mm. You with me so far? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. And so people were, were big mad about that because they're saying, you know, oh, the Confederate battle flag is a, is a hate symbol and how could you put that on fake wolf titties? And, you know, this makes <laughs> me feel very uncomfortable. Which I 100% sympathize with. I wouldn't want Confederate flags in my pornography, personally. That would I would find masturbating really hard. Yeah. But... Apparently, this is what this artist was commissioned to do. Like, I don't... From what I understand, at least, this was not a choice that they made. This was in in their commission. And they are someone from New Zealand, which is not steeped in American racial social history the same way that someone from America or even someone from Canada might be. So there is a lot of... Ignorance, I guess, around this particular symbol and and how hateful it is. And they also just didn't care, apparently. They were very unapologetic about the fact that they had drawn this and posted it, and they were like, you cannot like it if you want, but it's what I did. So that, that happened, and that started a whole event. So, some big-time uh, pro-shippers wade into the fray on Twitter to give their hot takes on the issue. 
one in particular big time uh, pro shipper who I'm gonna call pro shipper number one mm-hmm. um, wades in with her hot take saying basically that while the depiction of the Confederate battle flag in furry art may be distasteful, it is allowed to exist. And someone being commissioned to draw it and drawing it for money may not inherently make that person racist. Now, you can agree with that or disagree with that. I'm not really interested in whether or not, like, actual racism took place here. (laughs) I guess. I've heard many people of all sorts of races and nationalities from America, from outside of America, making arguments for and against this, whatever. It happened. But pro shipper number one, her argument is that whether we like it or not, it's allowed to exist. It's not necessarily hate speech. And even hate speech is allowed to be speech. Free speech is only between the state and the people. It's not between the people of each other. Mm -hmm. Like, hate speech, I guess, is a crime. The existence of swastikas, even, like Nazi swastikas specifically, not Buddhist swastikas, is, is not usually impinged in places like the United States, even though it's very obviously a hate symbol because the social climate towards those symbols is so very hostile that there usually isn't a need to. Mm -hmm. And especially with the Black Lives Matter marches um, in the United States over this last summer, the attitude has shifted very quickly on the Confederate battle flag. It's gone from being just sort of a symbol that's associated with Southern statehoodness to a symbol that is more explicitly racist and pro-slavery. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not an American. I, I, I don't have a stance other than it sure is the flag of the people who fought for slavery. Can I just for five seconds? Yeah, please. Our, our resident southerner. <laughs> well, I, I went to a school in the country, in Texas, and the mascot for one of the opposing schools in the county was called the rebel and it was just a confederate soldier in a gray uniform jumping up and down with guns waving a confederate flag that was the high school's mascot yeah dang yeah and even at the time i thought that's not a good idea (laughs) that's weird (laughs) so i'm not pro confederate flags for anybody who wants to get it twisted but no me neither Mm-mm. that sure is a, a yeah, thing in the well, south it's also like i'm definitely not pro confederate flag i definitely have always felt uncomfortable about it but also being from texas like we have our own flag we don't really like there's definitely texans who love the confederate flag don't get me wrong but most of us were just weirdly obsessed with the texas flag specifically um, yeah, Texans are most horny for the time in history that they were their own nation, yeah. <laughs> not when they were part of some, like, scummy rebel nation yeah. <laughs> that loved slavery so much. Yeah. They, they used to be their own nation on their own. Yes, but um, 
I definitely have seen many a girl wearing a Confederate flag bikini top who had no clue, no clue what it even meant. <laughs> they no. just thought it was a Southern thing. And, uh, cause I remember actually, uh, talking with one and we got on the subject of her bathing suit top because it was there. sure there. Yeah. And she was mortified. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, being, you know, a woman and queer and versed in some areas of discrimination. To me, personally, there is a huge difference between ignorance and malice. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. someone doing something prejudiced out of ignorance, to me, is not the same as that person doing something prejudiced out of malice. Yeah. People disagree with me. I don't care to argue it on this podcast here and now, but that's just my personal take. Anyway, back to the furry pornography. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pro shipper number one has this take that the Confederate battle flag furry porn is allowed to exist, and you cannot like it, and you can think it's racist, but it is allowed to exist, and you shouldn't dox or harass or, you know, suicide bait this person, blah, 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 blah. People don't take that real well at all. And so now they're saying that, like, this pro-shipper number one is racist and defending racism. And after all day of getting dogpiled and called a racist and, you know, all these things on, on the old Twitters, uh, pro-shipper number one says something really regrettable and in very poor taste about how they have gone out of their way to support problematic ships and problematic content, and now this is the thanks they get. And then nukes their whole Twitter account. Huh. It was a very ugly, vile thing that she said, and everyone kind of was big mad about it, which I understand. It was an incorrect judgment call on her part. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, so uh, Pro Shipper number one comes back, apologizes, uh, there was lots of information, or sorry, lots of misinformation going around that, like, misconstrued her point entirely, and was saying that she supported the Confederate battle flag, which she very much did not, just for clarity's sake. That mm -hmm. was not her argument at all. At any point. At any point. Also not ours, mm -mm. for the record. Yeah. Confederate battle flag, bad. Yep. Important to say. Yeah, just flat out. Simultaneously to all this, uh, Pro Shipper number one is part of the Fan Nexus beta trials. Like, has an account, is on the Discord, blah blah blah. The mods of Fan Nexus become aware of Pro Shipper number one's little Twitter meltdown and decide to ban her entirely from the beta. Which, Ooh. if you'll recall, really kind of goes against their whole. If it's legal, you can post it mantra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of moral standard. Because, as we've said, however distasteful and unfortunate it might be, racist speech is legal mm -hmm. in America and <laughs> in many countries. I think, I don't know if there is a country actually where racist speech is actually forbidden. I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so, so not only 
does this ban seem to contradict their statements and their positions on free speech, but it's also that they're punishing her for behavior that was not even on their platform. Mm -hmm. It was on a completely separate platform that had nothing to do with FanNexus. So apparently they're also policing your other social media presences or accounts. Blah, blah, blah. Super shady, that. And so people find out about that, and they're real mad. And so several POC, and specifically black fans, talk to or approach, I guess, the moderators of the Fan Excess beta, saying we feel this was a pretty egregious misstep, and like we, as black people, as POC fans, might not like this content, but we understand pro-shipper number one's position in that it is technically allowed to exist. Furthermore, hitherto, so on. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, the mods the mods also claim that pro-shipper number one is banned for other reasons. Mm, they try, course. they say that publicly on the FanXus accounts, on their private accounts, they're saying much different stuff. Mm. Which is already a hugely unprofessional look to have your mods joining in on, like, a harassment campaign. Yeah. Apparently two black fans who spoke in defense of pro-shipper number one are now also banned from FanNexus. Oof. Because they challenged mod authority. Is what I'm getting. Oh. It's People are talking about it very hush-hush, and, like, I am not personally close with any of these people, so I have not, you know, I'm not in a position to go gather, like, the deets, as it were. I haven't been able to go and, and collect some tasty receipts, but that is what I'm seeing other people who are giving rundowns of the whole situation. So, now a lot of people are, are really backing out of FanNexus kind of in a hurry, because... This is in the fucking beta phase. Mm -hmm. And they're not really, uh, they're really putting their foot in their big fat fucking mouth with this one, uh, being very sort of unclear and secretive about their policies towards banning and towards certain kinds of problematic speech. And they have a little statement, if you'd like me to read it for you. Fanexus? That's... I don't want it to be said that I, I was completely one-sided in my appraisal of the situation. No, go ahead. So here's, uh, here's what they posted on November 13th. It's very vague, and it's very, uh, it's, it's very jargony and just doesn't really address anyone's concerns. But here we go! Okay. <clears throat> From the FanNexus support Twitter account. Uh, this will be our final statement regarding the moval removal of users from our closed beta. Throughout this pre-launch period, the decision to remove users from the beta community has been made a few times in light of those users' behavior on and off-site. These mm. users were mm -hmm. deemed by the majority of our 24-person team to be a poor fit for the beta community after an open discussion period in which all publicly accessible primary evidence was brought forward and analyzed. We have higher mm. standards for those who are given access to our Discord and forum compared to who will be able to use FanXus itself, as the Discord and forums don't have the same blocking and filtering features to avoid conflict that FanXus itself has. If a user is inactive on the forum and Discord and explicitly states they have no intention of joining FanXus, this factors in our decision to remove 
their access. All decisions regarding a user's continued participation in the closed beta are made as a team after multiple levels of review. No mod has ever had the authority to make decisions independently. Until the public launch of Fanexus, our team will continue to uphold this responsibility to the beta community. And that's it. That's basically their only statement on the matter. Yikes. Hmm. That sure was a lot of jargon. Mm -hmm. Like, the existence of Fanexus isn't promising that the mods are already melting down over drama and there's not they haven't even officially launched yet. Yeah. Like this this does not bode well, right? I don't have a lot of faith for Fanexus to be all that it promises if they can't keep their fucking shit together. Well it just feels like yeah, this feels like this was their first road bump and you can now see how they are gonna react. Yeah, like this was a test. Like <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I do believe that racist art is different from, like, because racism doesn't require action, and things like pedophilia do. So I do, I do have my reservations about racist art, but I also think that there's a limit to what is actually racist art, and you can't just say that, like, a, a New Zealander drawing a confederate bikini on a on a wolf titty is really uh the same so my thing is i uh i am very anti-censorship and as a jewish queer woman of color i will what's a delicate way to say this i will defend a lot of people's rights to produce art that maybe other people find distasteful. Mm -hmm. Not outright straight-up hate speech, but even probably with this circumstance, and it's hard to say because I wasn't in the moment, I don't think it's inherently wrong to create a furry wearing a confederate flag bikini. I don't think the person who drew it, or even the person who commissioned it, uh, deserves to be tarred and feathered. Nope. <laughs> if you don't like it, don't look at it, is my biggest motto. And yeah, I, I, that sucks. That sucks for unnamed person number one. <laughs> that sucks for the artist. That sucks that Fanexus fumbled at the fucking start. Yeah, at the starting line, basically. <laughs> I'm all for the idea of having a space, theoretically that is for the pro-ship, anything-goes sort of community, I outright on its face don't think that that would ever be possible. Because something I notice about pro-shippers is that even they have lines. Oh, absolutely. And will become very contradictory very mm -hmm. quickly. And once they usually hit that limit they go immediately backtrack into anti-territory. Well, the thing that I have, I have realized, the mistake most people make when they're thinking about censorship and free speech is that censorship should only apply to things I don't like. Yeah. And because they view themselves as a very liberal, woke, open-minded person, they would only not like bad stuff. And they don't see that, like, true freedom of speech, true anti-censorship means 
supporting the right of art to exist that you personally loathe and find distasteful. There is there is all sorts of homophobic, anti-queer, misogynist art and takes and speech out there that I acknowledge it is hard to censor without censoring other forms of radical speech. And it's difficult to maintain that position, but I don't know what the solution is otherwise of who gets to decide which speech is permissible and which is not. Because I don't, like, for instance, being a queer person, until very, very recently in my country, gay sex was illegal. And the just existing as a queer person was illegal. Someone decided that that sort of speech was in fact censorable because it was immoral and distasteful and, you know, degraded the public morality as a whole. And I don't want people who don't like my existence to be able to dictate to me what kinds of speech and what kinds of behavior I'm allowed to do. The Fenexus's servers are, are based in Denmark, so that is like the laws that they're going to be following. And Denmark famously has uh, more lenient laws towards pornography than most places in the West. I have no idea. Denmark's probably probably one of the whitest nations in the world, so I don't know what kind of laws they have on the books considering racist speech or symbols, but it, it, it'll be interesting, I guess. Because, yeah, free speech in the United States is a, a super well-worn uh, section of the law. And there's all sorts of caveats on free speech. Like, hate speech is protected. There's something called the Bromberg Test, and that is speech is considered protected unless it is a call to lawless action. So, like, you can say all sorts of horrible things, but the minute you're like, we gotta go rob that liquor store, like, that's no longer protected speech. So, like, why the Turner Diaries is allowed to exist in the U.S. Exactly. Yeah. It's horrible and racist and violent and misogynist and is protected speech. Like, protected speech does not just apply to things that you like, unfortunately. It applies to stuff that I really hate and think the world would be better off if people didn't have those thoughts. They are allowed to, I guess. It would be, to me, a worse world if there were thought crime. It was a crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some Black Mirror dystopian shit that I don't want to live in. Well, having very recently been on the other side of state speech censorship, I do not want the state having more power to restrict people's speech. Mm. It is different in places like like on social media sites that are technically private spaces and they have terms of policies that they can enforce and all that. And they can say no racism, no misogyny, no homophobia, and we decide what that is. We at Twitter decide what that is. Mm. And that can that can unfortunately lead to all sorts of, you know, misfirings of justice, I guess. Yeah. No. I'm interested to see if Fanexus actually sails its ship out to sea and doesn't just sink immediately. 
I mean, yeah, Jesus Christ. It seems like they're really competing with AO3. I don't know why AO3 kind of already exists to be that, like, anything legal we will host sort of space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess they're just trying to recreate the social aspect of LiveJournal and Tumblr before uh, they removed all the porn from their sites as well because <laughs> Americans are so afraid of sex. Yeah, but otherwise, I think most people don't like to confront the reality that protecting transgressive speech, whatever that is, also means protecting un really unfortunate, awful speech. And I don't want to live in a world where the answer to that is thought crime. Mm -mm. Yeah, me neither. I'd rather us both have voices than for neither of us to have voices, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean... Lord knows I hate Ben Shapiro, but if him being allowed to talk means I don't have the government in my ear deciding what I'm allowed to think, then yeah, Ben, go ahead. You're wrong, but... <laughs> We're also now all free to point at Ben Shapiro and call him a racist and a misogynist and a homophobe, which is what he is. Yep. We also have that mm -hmm. speech to criticize him. Yeah. He's allowed to be on Twitter and we're allowed to also be on Twitter. Dunk on him mercilessly <laughs> when he censors <laughs> the WAP lyric. <laughs> that wet-ass P-word, baby! <laughs> so, did we talk about the thing? I think so. This we was, talked about the thing. This was a hairy one, because I was having to defend the right to exist. A lot of stuff I really hate. And yeah. that's something that doesn't carry well on social media. Because, no. Because, you no. know, defending something's right to exist is not the same as, you know, proclaiming that thing or defending that thing as good, actually. Uh-uh. Yeah. Unis, honest, unis, <laughs> honest. That's how all the episodes ended. <laughs> they just have this weird chant. <laughs> Start chanting. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, y'all, <laughs> we talked about the thing. Thanks for joining us on Bliss Fully Aware. If you would like to find us online, and please educate me on why I'm wrong about Unis Honest. I'm sure I am to a lot of you, and I will have that conversation. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Blissfully Show. I also upload these episodes onto YouTube, but we don't get a huge following, so I can't give you some sort of cool dedicated link for that. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, Kelty uh, will personally fight any anti who wants to tell us about why Fandexus is bad. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go. Let's do it. I mean, I think it's now it's a... And I don't mean on Twitter, like, she will meet you <laughs> in a parking lot. <laughs> in a Denny's parking lot. Fighting. Anyway, until next time. Bye! Later. I'm not in that cult. <laughs> I didn't drink that Kool-Aid. <laughs>